Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, and today is uh, the third show of 2023. Uh, unfortunately, there have been a lot of things going on in my life, both professionally and personally, that's prevented me from doing a show, as I hope to do every month, but I uh, hope to get back on track, and I'm, I'm juggling with what I can do with my calendar and schedule to do it more often than I have. Um, but anyways, uh, what I wanted to do today is to continue talking about uh, the phenomenon of Pluto now moving into Aquarius, which it's, it's just touched in there and it's going to it's going to exit there very shortly in June. But it's begun this period will be in till 2044 of Pluto marching through Aquarius. And I wanted to talk about that again. But also start to step back and look at this whole idea of what we mean by an age since I've been talking about this end of an age since since before 2008 when Pluto went into Capricorn. I wanted to look into that, dive into that a little more deeply, and explain what I mean by that and, and look at Pluto through the signs to sort of examine that. Um, and of course, once I've done that, had my little chat here with you all. Uh, I'll uh, call on you as you're waiting there online with me here, and I'll, uh, if you have a question about the show or a question about yourself or someone else, just give me your first name uh, and uh, what the question is. And if it's about your chart or someone else's, give me that information, like a birth date and a birthplace at the least. If you have time of birth, then I can tell you that much more. And I certainly can look at any particular question you may have. Um, and if you want to reach me for whatever reason to uh, suggest a topic for a future show or ask me a question, suggestions about reading materials, which I have quite an extensive library list, both in astrology books and metaphysical books that I'd be happy to share, just email me at my name. It's uh, Bill Atride, that's B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E at gmail.com is the best way to reach me. You can also find me on all the different sites, including Blog Talk or Facebook or Instagram and what have you, Medium. There's so many different venues. And in those different uh, platforms, there, there's contact information, including my phone number. And, if, and again, if you want to reach me and get a reading, that's, that's what I do. Of course, the Monday through Saturday, I'm doing sessions with clients. Um, and uh, if you want to get a reading with me, you can certainly do that. And I, can, I could uh, tell you about that or, or write to you about that in terms of what that entails. Um, and again, a couple of um, notes just before we get into today's little chat or talk. Uh, as you all probably were jumping up and down and noticing all the hoo-ha about the full moon and it being an eclipse moon, and certainly full moons are important and eclipses sort of make us sit up and take notice, though astrologically we take much more, a much more serious view of the solar eclipses, which the one we just had was in April, April 20th, but that wasn't visible to us here in the USA. It was more in South Asia, Australia, Indonesia. But coming up this fall, we will be experiencing for much of the United States a big solar eclipse coming across on October the 14th. Uh, and then another one this time next year, actually in April of 2024, will be very visible throughout all the U.S. pretty much, and that will be quite spectacular. And again, um, these are just moments where the sun, moon, and earth line up with one another in the same orbital plane so that they can form these blockages where by the moon comes across between us and the sun for the solar eclipse and of course we coming between the moon and the sun for the lunar eclipse and lunar eclipses in astrological terms in terms of a person's chart uh, the effects of that would last to the next full moon so basically for 28 nine days or so whereas a solar eclipse and where it takes place and if it's aligning in a chart in a significant way can last for certainly six months or more um and so we, we take them much more seriously in terms of their effects that they may hold for people or the meaning they may hold in a person's chart more than the effects. Um, we're still with Mercury retrograde, which went retrograde on April 21. Uh, it will turn direct on May 14th, so not too far from now. So we all should understand that these three weeks we've been asked to look within and be more introspective and contemplative and have a better sense of humor when there's misunderstandings or our technology fails us. Uh, but that's just the way of Mercury retrograde, it seems. It, it tests our patience and makes us think outside the box because we need to correct our thinking, and that's what it's to be used for. 
Uh, but that also means we have to pay more attention to what we're perceiving, what others are saying or transmitting to us, and much more careful about how we transmit because since everybody is in that mode of being more inwardly or introspectively oriented, uh, we can all miss things and therefore have those misunderstandings mount up. Okay, um, so, so again, the next big shift is Mercury going direct. That's on May 14th, uh, and uh, hopefully I'll be with you sometime later in May or certainly in early June for the next show. Anyways, we can talk about other things that are coming up. <clears throat> so as I said today, what I'd, I'd like to do is uh, go a little deeper into this question. Uh, as, as, as many of you know, I've been speaking and writing about uh, Pluto's passage through Capricorn since 2008 uh, as the end of an age. Um, and naturally, we might assume that the next passage of Pluto through Aquarius, which technically has begun here in 2023, would mark the beginning of a new age. I mean, that makes sense. But that raises a number of questions. Uh, the first question being, what do we mean or what do I mean by an age or, and or the end of an age, let alone a new age? So many observers of history have categorized periods in history in various areas and regions in the world as being of a certain type or order. And they characterize what some call the tides of history, the rise and fall of civilizations and cultures over years, centuries, and even millennia. Some eras or ages are rather long, others much shorter. And you probably would not be surprised to see that many, if not most, of these ripples in time can be understood as being marked, informed, and shaped by the various cycles of the planets around the sun, as well as by their intersecting cycles with one another. After all, our Earth is part of this larger system, the solar system, whose planetary cycles can be seen much like a giant forge of energy forms whose circulations and perambulations and rotations form what I call the dance of the planets. And it is this which creates the energy patterns we experience as time. For example, one of the most well-known cycles in mundane astrology is the repeated conjunctions of Jupiter and Saturn in a certain element, fire, earth, air, and water, that demarcate or indicate the type of historical period that cultures and civilizations are moving through. We have just finished a 200-year cycle in the element of Earth at the end of 2020. As we began a 200-year age of air with Jupiter and Saturn meeting in the sign of Aquarius. The complete cycle for the Jupiter-Saturn alignments in the four elements is about 800 years long. Another means for periodizing history comes from the passages of the outer planets through the signs, individually and also by the various synodic cycles that Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto form with one another. A synodic cycle is the period of one planet's conjunction with another, and those conjunctions can be viewed as being like a new moon or a seeding of that planetary pair's influence. So Pluto's passage through the signs takes about 245 years, and Neptune about 164 years, and Uranus about 84 years. The longest synodic cycle is that of Pluto with Neptune which is approximately 492 years. Then comes Neptune with Uranus of about 171 years, and finally Pluto with Uranus of about 127 years. With regard to those combined synodic cycles, the most recent Pluto-Neptune cycle began in 1891-92, and the previous one, began in 1398-1399. I consider this influence to be the reciprocal relationship of divine will and divine love, and for us forms the inter dynamic interplay of how we manage the mystery of union or of alchemy as we learn to join together without losing our individual selves in one another. 
the last Neptune-Uranus cycle began in 1993, and the previous seeding was in 1821. This planetary pair concerns the reciprocal relationship between freer minds or independence and unconditional love or community. It holds the ever-unfolding dynamic tension between our various kinds of being and belonging to a community as one of many, while also trying to live and being true to oneself as a one of a kind. Finally, the last Pluto-Uranus cycle began in 1965-66, and the previous seating was back in 1850-51. This planetary pair concerns the reciprocal relationship between the will and freedom, or sacred space and freer minds. It is the ever-unfolding dynamic tension of striving to being freer without causing harm to another or others in their sacred space. So for me, what this means is that in just the last 100 years or so, we have had each of the three major planetary pairs begin new cycles. And perhaps that may be another reason as to why we are moving through such a dynamic and tumultuous period of change. So if in that way, we could say that 1891 was the beginning of an age, as was 1965, and also 1993. Indeed, there are realms within realms and circles within circles, and for us to try and sort through and understand these multiple influences and energy forms, well, that's quite challenging. Our purpose is today, let's consider the cycle of Pluto through the signs and see what messages it might have for us. Again, the passage of Pluto through the zodiac takes about 245 years, and I believe it marks one of the more significant shapers for the series of phases in our spiritual development as we travel through the halls of history. Pluto is critical as it holds for us or is the avatar for us in our solar system for the essential power that is alchemy, which is the heart of the spiritual process that drives creation. The beating heart of creation is formed as forged by combinations of the many ones who in their entirety form the life and body of the one. Spirit moves into innumerable forms of manifestation, which proceeds as a series of creative combinations of tri transformations, which we experience and understand as birth, death, and then rebirth into new forms. As I like to say, the whole of creation is the story of spirit dancing through matter forms, which are the temporary forms of materializations, which by their very nature are mortal or bound by time. If we take the beginning of the journey for Pluto through the signs, that is starting with Aries, then we should understand that the passage from Aries to Taurus from Taurus to Gemini, and so on, should be viewed as the story of Pluto in the signs, with the nature and meaning of each sign being transformed by the agency of alchemy that is Pluto. That would mean that a new age of Pluto would begin in Aries and would end in Pisces. In each of those passages in a sign, we would expect to find the archetypal transformational role of Pluto to take the experiences of that realm to the highest of highs and equally, perhaps, to the lowest of lows. For us to in the, that sign the alchemical truth of birth, death, and rebirth, if you will. So why did I designate the passage of Pluto in Capricorn then as the end of an age? My designation or delineation comes from what Capricorn holds or represents, which is the institutional hierarchy, whether that be of family, community, culture, or civilization. 
In Capricorn, we witness or reach the apex and or collapse of development for that Pluto cycle. The fulfillment of whatever energy form we are examining, which in our case is the broader human story of culture and civilization. What would come after where we are now in 2023 until 2044 is our challenge to reimagine the world we want to preserve or create now, Aquarius. And then in the last sign of Pisces, the final challenge would be to restore our faith and face down our fears. Given our current cycle of Pluto, the next new age of Pluto will not truly begin until 2068 when Pluto enters Aries again. So with that in mind, let us see what the current cycle of Pluto through the signs has been. We should arrange this both in date order, but we also may find it useful to consider the four seasonal sections of these passages, that is from Aries to Gemini, then Cancer to Virgo, then Libra to Sagittarius, and Capricorn to Pisces to be insightful as well. The first three signs, Aries, Taurus, and Gemini, form the beginning of the emergence of any age. The beginning of the last passages of Pluto in Aries was 1823 and lasted till 1853, which most certainly corresponds to the emergence of a new form of world identity with the seeding of the modern political and industrial age and the beginning of a worldwide globalization of the political economy as Pluto and Aries heralded that a new type of order was taking shape in the world. It witnessed what historians call the first industrial revolution, including the spread of the means of connecting and traveling that exceeded anything before that time ever in human history, which was the railroad. The passage of Pluto through Taurus from 1853 to 1888 corresponded with the transformation of the values of the emerging world order of that time. The rise of factories and major industrial production was the substantial manifestation that would lead to the carbon-based world order that we have now. In the USA, this struggle over our values came to a climax with the Civil War over the very question of slavery, with the emancipation of slaves and then their virtual re-enslavement with the counter-reformation as the struggle for equality and justice in Reconstruction failed. And that led to the rise of sharecropping and Jim Crow in the South. Pluto's passage through Gemini was from 1884 to 1914. And this corresponded with the transformation through a surge of inventiveness and new technologies that formed the spread of the information networks of the global order with lines of communication that connected and encompassed for the very first time the entire world. In the USA, inventions such as the telegraph, the telephone, the spread of electrification, and the automobile and the airplane revolutionized the world. Now, the second three signs, Cancer, Leo, and Virgo, form what we call the second quaternity and represent the struggle with the foundations and the viability of what began in those first three signs. Pluto moved to Cancer from 1914 to 1939, and the foundations of the world and human security were disrupted by World War I, the Worldwide Great Depression, and the beginning of the Second World War. The very nature of security, which cancer rules, of one's land and territorial integrity, was torn asunder as peoples and nations lost their lives and their homes on a worldwide scale. Pluto passed through Leo from 1939 to 1957, and this passage witnessed the epic struggles of world centers of leadership and power, ruled by Leo, 
vying for world dominion in World War II and into the Cold War. The epic confrontations of competing systems of belief led to the development for the very first time in human history of a terrifying reality. The weapons of war humans had invented formed and still present an existential threat to life itself in that we could destroy our world with our craftiness and technology because our intelligence had surpassed our wisdom. Pluto then moved through Virgo from 1957 to 1972 as the world became transformed by the development of new technologies and methods of production, which then transformed the economy through scientific discoveries and revolutionary applications in medicine, food production, and the nature of work and living were transformed. Diseases were conquered, but new sources of human suffering were forged by the disruptions of natural systems, by the proliferation of chemicals and other human-made poisons into the world. The third section of signs, Libra, Scorpio, and Sagittarius, forms the third quarter of the astrological calendar. And it is in this second half of the Pluto cycle where we can see that Pluto's alchemical force transformed the larger structures of human life. Pluto moved through the sign of Libra from 1972 to 1984, and the transformations of the society and culture of the previous signs led to the eruption of changes in the quality and nature of the various forms of relationships in society, for sexual relationships, for racial and cultural divisions, so that more constrained definitions of social norms were broken leading to liberations for many, and yet equally, the rise of counter-movements seeking to return to traditional ways of defining hierarchy and power. Pluto moved through its own sign of Scorpio from 1984 to 1995, heralding transformations of the world order as the essential divisions of East and West was broken down by the collapse of the Soviet Union and the opening of China to the world economy, which created for the potential for what some called what they thought was the end of history and the so-called triumph of the liberal political economic order. What really emerged in this so-called peace dividend led to the breaking up of the many of the former alliances of the world in the continuing struggle between modernity and older cultures and customs. Pluto then passed through Sagittarius from 1995 to 2008, and the realms of belief and truth and science and religion were transformed and disrupted by advances in science, in computers, and the spread of the internet and other measures that connected everything and everyone, but equally gave rise to a host of what we know as millennial movements to fundamentalist and authoritarian systems seeking to base their cultures and governments as counterpoints to the liberal world order that had been established in the American and French revolutions and their later triumph over communism. Instead, the rush into brave new worlds led to cathartic eruptions of a longing for a simpler order based upon some what we know as blood, is, blood and soil, as a return to traditional beliefs and practices, and equally to the misguided attempts to promote democracy by imposing freedom through destruction. Finally, Pluto entered the last quarter of the zodiac, and the seed that was planted in the early 1800s would bear its final fruits. Here we have experienced the triumph or failure of over 200 years of history and the painful realities and crises of the present day. Pluto moves through Capricorn from 2008 to 2023, and actually will dip in and out of Capricorn all this year. And it brought this cycle of Pluto to its moment of reckoning with the testing of the institutional orders of the world, with either the proper or improper wielding of authority, with the viability or ineffectiveness of systems, 
which Capricorn rules, revealed for all to see. As these institutions of the world were shook, reformed, or broke apart, as the orders of society from the family to the community in realms sectarian and secular held or crumbled around the world, to many it seemed as if they were indeed at the end of an age, and that the promise of a better future for humanity was being lost. And now we have Pluto moving into Aquarius from 2023 to 2044. And so we are facing the challenge of the death and rebirth of our hopes and dreams for the future, which are forged and fulfilled by one another in the experiences of our fellowships, our communities, and our social identities. What can we learn from the previous passage of Pluto in Aquarius, which was from 1778 to 1798? That earlier passage in Aquarius encompassed the period of our revolutionary war and its aftermath, with our ancestors' failed attempts to form a loose confederation of states and to finally settle upon our present constitution of a federal government in order to protect the rights of any one individual and the well-being of the many we formed a compact of checks and balances to make possible the dreams of many while also protecting each individual but our forebears were as we are imperfect and there have been many periods in our history since then when we have advanced and also retreated on the central promise of the dream of our self-fulfillment. This was also the period which saw the French Revolution and the publication of the Declaration of the Rights of Man, the Haitian Revolution, and the rise of Napoleon. What Pluto is bringing now from 2023 to 2044 is the necessity to reform, reformulate, transform, our ideals and principles of community, to understand that the struggle for a new society from 1778 to 1798 came out of the collapse of the old monarchical systems and mercantile economies, and that a new order was rising with new groupings of peoples filled with a different vision of themselves and the world they wished to make. Their hopes and dreams were different than their ancestors, and they were forced by circumstances or made the better choice to face the need to move away from beaten paths and be path makers. We, like our ancestors did 250 years ago, have to face the world that we have made, the dreams we dreamt, the actions we took, which have led to our current crises and challenges. The pursuit of our old ways, of our old dreams and goals, by the same means and for the same reasons, that path not only makes no sense, it is not even possible. We have to move away from the absolutist and egotistical approach to this world and towards one another, where the right to do what one wants is untethered to the essential truth of spirit that first and foremost we must be responsible we must take care of one another and we can only live on this beautiful earth if we do in a do it in a sustainable and loving manner or we will fail ourselves and our children we like our ancestors have to be bold as Pluto demands that we renew and transform the dreams we have for ourselves, for our children, and for one another. Okay. Um, oh, there's so much to unpack there and so much to think about. And again, this is just one way of looking through one window 
of the last 200 and plus years of our history uh, and just looking at our own little corner of, of the world for the most part. Um, as I said, it gets really complex and it would be quite a, quite a challenge to, to write a real astrological history on all the different levels and all the intersecting cycles, moment to moment or era to era, and sort of divide them up in sort of subheadings and chapters and what have you. But it's, it sounds interesting. Um, and I, in a way, I sort of can envision it in my head, but I can't imagine actually doing it. <laughs> but still, um, it is useful, and I find it useful, of course, to, to use um, the, the planetary positions and movement through the signs and their relationship with one another to characterize any particular period that we are in and that we're moving through. And so day in, day out, we can just take a, a quick read on where are the planets right now and what's the energy we're experiencing in an immediate way. And then we could pull back and look at the, the slower moving planets and say some of the longer wave things that are going on and pull even further back to the outermost planets and look at these long, long wave phenomena and sort of level after level of interpretation of what is guiding the moment that we're in. Um, and, and yet, though we can look for these signs, indications around us, we have to listen to that quiet, still voice within us to know what we should and need to be doing. What is the right and true path to take? What is the loving path to take? Is not going to be shown to us by the planets, but from our own higher intuitive self. Uh, and so we don't need to know too much about what's going on, really, to know what to do in the present moment. We just have to be human uh, and treat ourselves and our planet as it should be uh, with love. Okay. Um, well, that, well, that was interesting, I thought. So I I'm, hope you enjoyed that, and I enjoyed doing that, and I hope to do some more uh, interesting talks in the not-too-distant future here. Um, but let me, let me now turn to all of you patiently waiting there and see what you have for me today. Uh, and uh, I, I look forward to your questions and, and look forward to speaking with you. Again, when I call upon you, I'll probably mention the area code so you know who I'm calling on because you've been waiting there so long. Um, and, um, and just give me your first name um, or the audience and myself your first name and whatever may be your question, whether it's about something in this talk or something else going on in the world or something in your own chart. And if it's, it's your chart or someone else's, I will need the birth date uh, and place uh, for the individual or yourself. And if you have time of birth, even better. Okay. So with that in mind, let me call on the first caller as far as I can tell here. And uh, you're on with Bill. Hi, I'm calling on someone, area code 646. Who's this? Hi, Bill. Thank you for taking my call and thank you for your talk. This is Priscilla. Hello, Priscilla. Hi. 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 You should have my information. Um, Okay. Let me, let me, let me. Sure. Sure. Um, let me pull up. I, I go to P's because it's all by first mm-hmm. names for the most part. Yes. yes. Uh, September right. 65. I've got you. Okay, good. Hi. Yes. Capricorn rising. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Capricorn okay. moon. Yes. My question is um, regarding property. I'm trying to sell my condo uh, and the astrology is not supporting me. Um, I, I actually had, <laughs> it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, I, it was, I listed it unknowingly during the Mars retrograde and people kept telling me, oh, once Mars goes direct, you'll sell, it'll, it'll go. And Mars was in Gemini. So you'll probably get two offers. Once it went direct, nothing happened. Then the next trend, I think it was like Mars was going to conjunct, um, Jupiter in my natal ace. And that was supposed to be, you know, something wonderful. Nothing happened. And now Venus is in I okay. think, my natal ace. Still nothing's happening. I mean, I, I, right. I think it's going to go into the ninth. So tell me, what do you see? And you don't have to sugarcoat it, but is there any hope? <laughs> is there any hope? Well, uh, I mean, you do have at this time, and this has been true for a while now, you have both the two major timekeeping elements in astrology would look at for what area of life are we focused upon and where we expect changes or evolution in that realm the progressed moon, the inner measure, it's marching through your fourth house, the house of home, real estate, and family. And then outwardly, the planet Saturn, which, again, right. for the last couple of years, has also been has marching been, by being right. Aquarius and early Pisces. And so you have both these 
activators in this realm. So it's understandable as to why you'd be wanting to make uh, some kind of change or difference here. Um, but again, mm-hmm. n- n- not all plans go as, 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 you say, as, they, as we wish them to. Um, so let me see what else is going on here. Um, again, I guess the reason, I don't know why someone was saying Mars going direct, other than it's the ruler of your rising sign, I suppose, could be something, mm. but the ruler for your fourth house is really Uranus, uh-huh. and the ruler uh. for your second house of values is Jupiter, and then Mercury is would probably come into play because it's the house of other people's values and your, your, all that. So, but but more, it's your own house, second house, your own fourth house. So, in mm-hmm. looking at those two, let me just look at all the planetary transits that are going on here and see if there's something that's been. Oh, please. In the yeah. way or causing delay or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, let me go up and down the list here. And um, okay. Just bear with me while I take a look. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Um, your... So you so you listed it, and as far as you know, the listing is good, and the price that you mm-hmm. are putting it at yeah. reasonable and even, even everybody said even dec- we decreased yeah. it even just to stimulate some activities uh, we're priced pretty competitively yeah mm-hmm. okay okay um and and as far as um you know you're in terms of well who you're working with i mean you're um the thing that's yeah, that I hasn't mean. yet happened that will be happening mm-hmm. shortly that would be more of a major shift for me is that Jupiter will enter your seventh house beginning on June the 3rd. Um, and and that's, that's a house that moves things out in a more public way, a more visible way in terms of mm-hmm. advertising, marketing, promotion of anything. You know, you, mm-hmm. you spend a dollar, you maybe you get a dollar fifty back. As you spend a dollar, you get $10 back. So basically it means mm-hmm. visibility is much stronger and, and response is much stronger. And that directly rules your second house of money and income, which, of course, this is – Partly, I'm sure it's a financial matter, and so there'll be mm-hmm. some, hopefully, some profit or financial reward for this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming. <laughs> so, I hope, so I would yeah. say, uh, yeah, I, I would say it looks much better to me uh, as you move into June. Once Jupiter's in that seventh house and, and the upper half of your chart moving to the seventh house of contracts and negotiations and things of that nature, it is the house of contracts. It is the house of deals. Um, right. And having Jupiter there will be quite strong. And indeed, this last Mercury retrograde cycle, Mercury has been retrograding in that house. So in it's understandable house, right. that there might in that seventh house of relationships and partnerships and contracts. So those mm-hmm. could be that shift of Jupiter starting on June 3rd is significant. And Jupiter will stay there for that whole period. Um, that has to be of a greater benefit to you. Um, mm-hmm. And by moving through Taurus, it's, of course, going through that Earth sign. And you're, of course, you are Earth. And just want to see, um, it does line up with your sun uh, by the end of July. So uh, mm, one, that you only twice in a 12-year period do you get Jupiter making the trine to your sun. And that's a time when you really I feel... See abundance and growth and good fortunes come my way. Um, uh, so what, there's what, what, just, when in July does that happen? Well, the, yeah, so Jupiter goes in your seventh house on June the 3rd. June 3rd, it will, right, up, and then. It, it'll mm-hmm. make its opposition to your Mars on July 9th, which could be strong energy. But it trines mm-hmm. your sun at the end of July, July 28th, again October 11th, and then uh-huh. again March the 12th. But it's basically you're in this Jupiterian nine-month period uh-huh. of Jupiter aligning your sun, and and mm-hmm. and not too far from. It doesn't quite get to. I don't think. I'm maybe I'm wrong. Let me just check. No, it does. And then also it's it is it lines up with your sun on July 28th, but on August the 18th it makes the first of three passages over your Uranus, which is mm-hmm. the planet that rules your house of the home. So mm-hmm. I'm liking July, August. I'm liking then again October, um, mm-hmm. uh, September, October, when the second passage uh, to Uranus in 
on occurs, um, much more than earlier this year. Um, uh, from, it's still from a while what away. Yeah, because we've yeah. been on the it market is still for a while. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, other things would be happening here that I'm not looking at. I'm just looking at these the bigger movers right. here, like Jupiter. <laughs> right. Um, right. And, and I'm not. I'm looking to see if Saturn's getting in the way in any way. Um, you do have Saturn making a little tough aspect to your. It's a semi-square to your Moon this year, and and also to into your Venus. So those are that was happening here in May. First couple of first week of May, so right now. Um, okay. So you might feel a little better the, on on Tuesday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when when Saturn moves off your Venus and it's been on your Moon, and and you then you're in a window here that should be a little easier. But I mm-hmm. I'm I'm really thinking it's when Jupiter reaches that seventh house things will start really clicking then. And that's, that's beginning of June. And then by July, uh-huh. you've got all this coming in. Okay. Okay. So I have to be more patient. <laughs> it's well, been, I, you know, it's been, I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like, it's hard. Yeah. It's uh, hard. You know, for every appointment it, you get, you get, you know, the place cleaned up and you, you have to go away and, you know, it's, it's been stressful and, and, cumbersome and I was just looking for something but but yeah okay if I have to wait I have to wait <laughs> um it is what well, it yeah, is it, again there, there are other yeah there are other things that are moving along mm-hmm. too that could be a shift of strong energies that are mm-hmm. just around the corner but I, I would I would go with the bigger indicators like Jupiter bigger. could the uh, bigger indicator yep. be for a, like maybe uh finally going into contract perhaps an offer could come earlier but then things really get right. solidified I mean, during I mean, the, that I would happen. say Jupiter yeah. Gains, yeah yeah Jupiter gets in the seventh mm-hmm. house in what we said yeah. in like three four weeks um right and then once it's in there mm-hmm. the benefits are flowing mm-hmm. and then it, right. then it as it's in that line um uh, mm-hmm. very shortly now um lining mm-hmm. up with your son you should you should mm-hmm. be in a much different place um mm-hmm. In June, but definitely in July. Okay. 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 I will keep okay. the faith. Thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate your uh, You're welcome. Good luck. Good luck, Priscilla. Okay. <laughs> Thank, right. Thank okay. you. Have a good okay. day. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. Um, okay. I'm talking to someone with area code 305. This is Bill. Hi, Bill. That's, there? The someone is me, Deanna. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you, Deanna? Oh, I so look forward to your program today. Thanks for doing it. Oh, good. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I've I've been I've been uh, out of. Uh, well, there's just there've been a lot of things going on personally. Uh, more in the second, third circle in my family circle than the first circle, like last year with my sister. But this year, it's been other people and other demands that. Um, and just, just working. I mean, just, you know, a lot of work, which I'm grateful. I'm so grateful to be busy, but then, you know, I need a day off. So I'm, I'm still toying with the idea of moving the show to Saturday. So I truly get Sunday off and that might make it more workable, but we'll see. Um, we'll see. I'll, I'll talk maybe, that around in my head. Maybe, a little, I, yeah. maybe a little later in the day on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I could think about doing some morning sessions or how, however it works out with my clients in terms of, because I, I only work like, you know, 10 in the morning to 5, and it's my Monday through Saturday. And so people can't get into though, that, that, that span of time during the weekday, so I have the weekend there for them. Um, but some are, you know, on the West Coast, and they can't start until the afternoon. So it, it's, it's my problem. i got to figure it out. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't you worry about it. 7 p.m. Yeah, is okay. excellent time, by the way. Well, okay. I would like to find out. Um, I'm doing better than the last time we spoke. I've been living in a Good. place, but the place is not altogether safe. Uh, my health yeah. is getting better, but I'm not a danger. And I definitely yeah. look forward to a relationship, hopefully soon, some kind of support. Okay. Right. Well, again, I mean, what we know happened here is that the moon finally progressed out of your sixth house and Saturn finally transited out of your sixth house. So that's, that is in astrology, the house of order or disorder, 
of well-being or ill-at-easeness. It's the house of wellness or suffering. And, and when planets are going through there, whether they're going through there quickly or hanging out like they were for you for several years, we certainly feel at times, not all the time perhaps, that, boy, this is hard, this is tough, and, and of course we're learning to make adjustments and learn various lessons and so on. But they've both left that realm now, uh, and now they're in the seventh house, which is now my attention should turn more to questions about relationship and, in, and changes and improvements and, growths and and growth in relationships should certainly be on the way. Um, again, what's going to change very soon for you is that progress moon, though it is in the seventh house, it hadn't, has not yet changed signs. Um, and of course, you know, you're a water sign, you're a Scorpio, but the moon's mm-hmm. been marching through an air sign Aquarius, which again is a sign known for, um, eclectic and sometimes disruptive energies. Let's just put it that way. Um, and, and what's happening here is that the moon will go into Pisces on June the 1st. And oh, thank you. you should feel you should feel that as a rather big change because now we're coming back to the realm that you're most comfortable with, that you're most familiar with. And, and so it's a time to sort of say, okay, I'm, I'm leaning more into feelings. I'm feeling a little less agitated because Aquarius can be sort of a lot of energy stirring up things emotionally and hopefully going into Pisces brings more emotional peace and more spiritual you know, sort of at easiness, let's put it that way. That's what I would hope for. That's what I would expect for you. Um, It's troubling to hear that your, your space, your home space is not what it, you wish or want it to be, or it's not as, as you say, as, as, as safe as you would like it to be. Um, So you are still looking for, uh, to make another move. Is that it then? Is that what you're hoping to Uh, do? Maybe. Hopefully not before mid-August, but because okay. there is a contract. But uh, I really like the place, but it is being so mismanaged, and uh, some people, you know, are dangerous. So I might have to move. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, that is a concern, obviously. Um, um, the, um, I mean, every two months. It's, it takes two years. It's about every two months. And the planet Mars moves through a sign, then through, a, and then of course through a house of our chart. Um, it's been moving through the sign of Cancer um, for a while now. Um, it will go into Leo, but in doing so, that means it's going to be going to your twelfth house for a couple of months. So let me just jump ahead here. Yeah, um, I would say if. Me, I'm going back and forth just to get it right. Um, if if you can ha- if you can sort of keep yourself safe and sort of under the radar or out of out of trouble uh, where you are, you're better moving out and making a change if you need to, starting at the beginning of July, um, because that's when Mars, which is your rising planet, it is the planet that rules Scorpio, comes into your first house, which means now is the time to begin things or to begin anew. Um, And so there'll be more action and work and activity behind the scenes coming up in the next period that you're about to enter into now. Um, So uh, get ready for a period where um, I need to be more... um, comfortable going within myself and doing things behind the scenes, but not being outward starting here in that second week of May. But by July one, moving out more, making change, bringing about some sort of change would be more favorable at that point. Last but not least, do you see any change in my health? It's getting better. I'm Um, still in, in jeopardy. Um, okay, but you're, but you're better. Okay. Well, the, the, in terms of major planetary transits, which we always take a look to see what 
areas are perhaps facing stressors or strain in our system, uh, whatever they, well, of course, we have pre-existing qualities or conditions. Um, the thing that's strongest for you as a, a cautionary note this year is that because you're born with your Mars as your rising planet in Virgo and Saturn now has moved into Pisces, the opposite sign, this is the year that Saturn is going back and forth over your Mars, which is a thing of stress. It's saying, I'm feeling some stress. Stress we know is deadly, and we need to do what we can to mitigate or remove the sources of stress or find better techniques for coping with the stress that we can't get rid of because it's just there. Um, but still, whatever you can do to take, your, take the stress out of your system, you need to do more of that. Otherwise, okay. because of the pressures that may be even there and you're not even aware of them, but you're surrounded by them, or you do know what they are, um, that can lead to elevated blood pressure, that can lead to risk with injury in terms of uh, tensions in muscles, and then the, the, that, that, the causing a whole host of problems with not just one, but maybe more than one system in our body. So uh, I when, I tell somebody, when I tell somebody, oh, you got to reduce your stress, they go, yeah, well, they go, how? <laughs> and I go, I say, I don't have the answer to that. All I know is that this is the thing that's most impactful in your health right now. So do whatever loving things you do in your day, in your week to put you in a place of being more at peace and less stressed would, do, would help you get through this more vulnerable period. But you are definitely in a stressful time. This month is important to do this because the month of May, it's building in. And then it sort of gives you a break some, somewhat in June. But then it comes back in early July. So I'm most concerned this month and early July for the stresses that you're encountering. And so get more rest. Give yourself a break. Um, don't press to do more. Accept uh, limits on what you can do, and, and but still stay active, but don't put yourself at risk right now because you are already living with a lot of pressure and stress according to your chart. Thank you so much, Bill. I'll try to call you in between now and your next program. And can I stay on listening, please? Oh, sure, sure. I won't. I'm, I don't. I won't uh, I'll hang up on you. I'll just put you on mute. Okay. Gracias. Have a great afternoon. Uh, okay. Bye. Okay, okay, I'll talk to you again. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Um, and let's talk to this person. This is 808 area code. Hello, you're on with Bill. Hello. Oh, I hope it's me. I'm Gene Boy. I, 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 it definitely is. That's the voice I'm hearing. It's Gene. It's Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell. <laughs> okay. Okay, let, let me... Let me. Let me, let me go get your chart. Um, okay. But I, I recognize your voice. Um, so Hi there. How are you? Ah, so great. Uh, I've just been missing you. I haven't been on for so long. And so I did want to check in because I know I was in this long um, season of going within. and um, Yeah. So I just wonder, is that passed? And, and what am I doing now? <laughs> What are you doing? What am I doing? Um, well, let's take a look at what's, what the, where all the planets are. And I, again, I know you're, you're, you're Pisces and all that. So um, many Pisces have had this rather quite amazing turn of events where uh, their ruler, the planet Neptune, um, marching through their sign um, and coming at some point, therefore, over their sun is what they've experienced. That was your experience. In uh, well, you felt it building in during 2021. It was there for you in 2022, and technically ended in March of 2023. Now, the fact that it's ended doesn't mean you're back to normal, whatever we call normal, um, <laughs> because it has it has changed you. It has affected you because it dissolves and opens up and illuminates, but also confuses. Um, but I will say that you are you're beyond that moment now and so you're in a period where things are becoming clearer or less less foggy or confused um and it doesn't mean i 
won't continue to be introspective and inward and all that. Those things are qualities we should have in our day-to-day, every day. Um, mm-hmm. But certainly, um, you can move forward now with a greater assurance that I am moving into uh, moving to a period where there is more solidity or solid, solid experiences I'm encountering than these more nebulous or confusing ones. That, that certainly has happened here. Um, so yes, thing, things have changed. Um, and, and what's going to change also is for the last couple of years, your progressed moon had been marching through the fourth house of your chart, which is the house of our foundations, the roots of our life, what we anchor ourselves in or call upon to feel centered. It's our home, it's our family, it's our culture, it's all these things. And having recentered yourself over the last couple of years, which was the point of it, beginning for you in late July, your moon's going to move into the next house, which is the house of creativity and the house of self-expression, mm-hmm. the house that says, yeah. well, now that you have a now that you've really aligned yourself more truly to that self, now let's go out and express that in something more, whether stretching yourself in an existing way in, an, in a practice or activity or performance or leadership role or creative role or stri- striving to move into new, onto new stages and to new roles or new ways of being creative. This is the realm you're moving into. Um, this is the house of children. This is the house of creativity. This is the house of play. So this is the house where we're asked mm-hmm. to remind ourselves that all of us are also will always be children. <laughs> we're all children mm-hmm. in part of our makeup. And this is when it's important to remember the importance of play in our lives. So yeah. being playful, being creative, uh, being being able to express oneself in a new way or stretching an existing way, that's what the universe is going to ask of you for the next couple of years starting in uh, July. I love it. And, you know, that's um, July 15th is when I lost my grandson, you know, in, in 2009. Oh. I feel like his spirit... Um, reminds me of that and now i feel like it's just even extra special and even more important this year like you say like july and that's also the year um july is my month i quit you know eating animals and things in 2013 so it's just so much to celebrate and and you know my hardest part is letting my inner child play because i was just always got in trouble for that and so now I just want to give myself full permission. You know, I just turned right. 62, and I don't have anything else um, holding me back except for my own self. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I get it. And, and again, you're, you know, the, you're in that house of play. It, for you, it's ruled by the, the sign of Gemini. Um, and that mm. planet Mercury is your rising planet. So creativity and play were part of the journey you were supposed to take to to be yourself, mm. to know to know mm. yourself, and then in that house of play, or recreation, or creativity, you have the planet Mars, which is the planet that rules your tenth house of your public life, or your outer life, and that means you should be someone who's able to in in part of their life and life work to do a job or to be involved in an activity that you love what you do. Mm. That it's, it's not a yeah. job. It's like, like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm getting paid for this. This is what I would do anyways, <laughs> kind of a feeling, right? So finding something that's joyful that I can do out there. That's that comes from my heart that comes from my creative self mm-hmm. has always been part of the path of what you've been working mm-hmm. towards. Yes. Okay. And then I want much. Oh, yes. Well, can I, one you're, more you're question? The, you're the most imaginative sign, you know, Pisces is the imagineer. Yes, so I it's know. time to, to, <laughs> to dream and to create. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Well, that's good. I appreciate you so much, Bill. Thank you for the shows. Thank you for oh, sure. Your Thank you. Thank you. That you shared and just take care of you too, and and change days. Whatever you got to do for you, and we're here Whatever. for I'll, you. I'll, I'll 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 figure it out. Thank you. Don't worry about me. I'm just yeah. I got to take care of my yeah. my clients first because they're they're they they they're asking <laughs> me for help and I got to be there. But I love doing uh-huh. this too, so I'm going to keep doing this too. Don't worry, I'm not going to stop. Okay. Um, yeah. Good talking with You're you. I'll see you again next time. We'll hear from you next time, and I wish you all a wonderful day and a wonderful week and and year to come. Okay. Cheers. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone. uh, Bye-bye for now, and I'll hopefully see you in the next month or so uh, when I do another show. Okay? Signing off for now. Bye from Bill.